Hi, this is Dr. Tina Webb, and you are listening to the Coping Season Podcast, the show that discusses mental and emotional wellness to help black men and black women begin to heal and cope with the effects of emotional distress. Although I am a licensed clinical social worker, please note that this podcast is not meant to be used as a substitute for a relationship with a licensed therapist. Get ready to laugh, think, and be entertained. It's time to cope. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. As usual, I have been looking forward to talking to you again. So let's just get right into it. How many Brandy fans do I have listening? If you don't know, Brandy is back, y'all. I'm talking about, have you ever been in love? Been in love so bad? You do anything to make them understand. Have you ever had someone steal your heart away? You'd give anything to make them feel the same. Yes, y'all, that Brandy. Now, Brandy's been gone for a minute. She's back now with her first album in eight years, and it's called B7. And she was talking about in different articles and different interviews that You know, in the last eight years, she's been through a lot. She's been through a lot of heartbreak, a lot of pain, a lot of ups and downs with love, trauma, mental health. She said that everything you could think about, she went through. Now, I'm a huge fan. So I've been looking forward to this new album. And it came out a few weeks ago. And the first thing that I noticed on the album is that she has songs with mental health themes in the title. Like some of the songs are called Borderline. The other one is called Bye Bipolar. There's another one called Lucid Dream. And a lot of her fans started asking, you know, if if she's suffering from these disorders, but she said no, and that she's using these mental health disorders as a metaphor for her love life which to me is a little problematic. And I know that she's not the first artist to do this, but I'm going to tell you why I feel that it's problematic in a minute. But on this, like on the song, Bye Bipolar, she's singing Bye Bipolar. I don't really want no more disorder. Pretty boy in love got both shoulders colder because you strung me like a thread. I was damn near dead. You F with my head like lead. Russian roulette and I cried and cried and cried and cried died and died and died and died alive lied and lied and lied and now I'm high as a kite listen y'all the way that I'm reading it is not the way that she's singing it she's singing it melodic and just beautiful so don't think that she's sounding like the way that I'm reading it but those are the lyrics And like I said, she came out and she said that she does not have bipolar disorder and the song is a metaphor for her love life. And she feels she's had moments where trauma has caused her to not be herself. And she felt at a point that she could have experienced moments of bipolar disorder. And that could happen. You know, I understand what she's trying to say, but I just feel like a serious mental health disorder like bipolar disorder should not be used as a metaphor, especially as an African-American woman who has a platform like Brandy has. Now, don't get me wrong. The album is good. Her voice is melodic and different. It's Brandy, you know, and on the album, she's talking about different things like love, um, personal heartbreak, her battle with depression. 
And Brandy has shared her battle with depression many times. You know, I don't know if you all remember, but in 2006, Brandy was involved in a tragic car accident. She was 28 at the time and she was driving home on the 405 freeway here in Los Angeles. And she hit a car which led to the death of a 38 year old mother of two. According to the Highway Patrol report, Brandy was driving 65 miles per hour and she failed to slow down. She ended up hitting this lady at 65 miles per hour. She hit the back of the woman's car and then the woman ended up hitting another vehicle and then she slid sideways. Her car slid sideways and then it struck the center divider and then she was hit by another oncoming car and then that caused the lady's death. So it was just a very tragic accident. Brandy wasn't injured. I think she may have had like some minor injuries, but nothing serious. She ended up getting sued by the victim's family. And it was a $50 million wrongful death lawsuit that they had filed against her. And she went through that process for two years. And it ended up getting settled out of court. But Brandy had a lot of people turn their back on her during that time. She was because she was being investigated for vehicular manslaughter because the family said that she was driving recklessly. And if she would have gotten convicted, she would have had to go to jail for up to a year and pay a thousand dollar fine. Now, during that time and after that, her career was at a standstill and she wasn't making any music. She said it was one of the worst times of her life and that that's where her depression stemmed from. So on her new album, she talks about, you know, what she was going through. Now, what made me want to do this episode today is that I just watched Brandy's new music video for her new song called Borderline. Now, the song is talking about mental health in regards to when you love someone and they don't love you back. And what Brandy has said about this song is that she loved someone before that wasn't available to be loved by her and that drove her crazy. She said she had an experience where she fell so hard for someone that was just unavailable to her. And it was a very hard thing to experience when you fall in love alone. So she said that she really had to tell a story that was deep and that she experienced and that was true to her and that she did overcome in the video. So this is where it's problematic for me. As soon as the video starts, you see Brandy in a hospital in a straitjacket. She has this big wild hair and she's screaming and crying and begging. She's screaming, please, please let me go. And she's being grabbed and pretty much dragged down this dark hallway by medical attendants who are in all white. And then she's thrown into this padded room. The video goes back and forth between her singing the song in a nightclub and singing in the straitjacket in a padded room. Now, when the show, when they show her in the padded room, she's hitting her head on the wall. She's rocking back and forth she's walking with these robotic type moves and and moving like a like robotic like her moves are distorted and disturbing and like a contortionist or something and while she's doing all this she's singing and what she's saying she's saying you know it is what it is feeling crazy want to be with me deep down you can feel it you can't help it baby I'll give you this heart of mine I'm on the borderline don't want to be schizo this time Never, ever cheat. Never lie to me. I'm the most jealous girl in the whole wide world. Don't you ever hurt me. I'll change on you. I will do me and you. I'm so dangerous, baby. I need you to see. Believe what you see. And the song goes on from there. But let me tell you, when I saw this video, I cringed, y'all. I was just like, oh, my goodness. 
This is a horrible, horrible image of mental health. And I just feel like images and videos like this is why there is mental health stigma in the black community. I mean, who wants to go seek help if it looks like this? If you're going to be put in a straight jacket and locked in a padded room and the way everything else was depicted and then the words that are used in the song, crazy, schizo, borderline, I'm so dangerous. You know, I just felt very disappointed. And I just feel like Brandy should know better than to put this type of visual out. I just feel like as a black woman who has struggled with mental health herself, and then, you know, the fact that she has mostly black fans, I would have hoped that she would have done her research first about how mental health in the black community is a huge issue, and how stigma is so detrimental to us getting treatment. So for her, She says the video is to bring awareness to mental health and she wants to use her music as a way to start more conversations about mental health. And it's something we all need to work on every day. So at the end of the video, you see the words, you are not alone. And then there are some mental health resources listed with phone numbers that people can call. And I understand what she's saying and what she's trying to do. But if you're going to do it, do it right. Don't use dismissive and demeaning words like crazy and schizo. Don't insinuate with your lyrics that mentally ill people are dangerous. Don't show mental health treatment as something so horrible like from the 1950s. This video could have been done better. She is a black woman, a member of the black community, and we deserve better. I mean, there are better visuals that can be shown to bring awareness to mental health. She could have shown herself in a therapist's office talking about the issue that she's having, which would have been more realistic because that's what normally happens when people have trouble getting over a relationship. They're not thrown in a straitjacket and thrown in a padded room. They talk to somebody. They get therapy. They get proper treatment. I don't know, y'all. I just felt a little disappointed when I saw the video. And then, you know, she's put in the mental health resources and information at the end of the video. And she's saying that she's bringing awareness. And I just feel like that was just maybe a way to keep her from being criticized for her being irresponsible with her presentation of mental health. Now, don't get me wrong. I still love Brandy. And I think that she is definitely a great advocate for mental health. I would just love if it was consistent across the board because this video was not it. Outside of this video, though, she has shared very important messages about mental health. So on today's segment of Ask Dr. Tina, I want to read some of the things that Brandy has said in regards to using her music and her art to spotlight mental health. She said, and I quote, it's important to bring awareness, particularly in black communities and during a time when the country is in a state of suffering and trauma. We don't want to go to therapy. We don't want to sit down and talk with the counselor. We don't want to because we think that makes us crazy. And that's not the case. I've dealt with depression in the most severe, like severe depression. I've I've dealt with trauma. I've dealt with PTSD. I've gone through a lot and I had to overcome a lot, but I had to overcome everything that I overcame by doing the work. A lot of the songs on the album, I was talking about the times where I wasn't my best self. And I think when people can hear me say that they can get help. We blame others for things that we do to ourselves and they may do the same thing, but you do it too. So for me, it's about self-reflecting, especially during those times. I look into my memory and I'm like, wow, I shouldn't have done that. My intention there wasn't right. And I'm not hard on myself. 
I've learned to be kind to myself. And then she went on to say that to help her overcome, she turned to therapy, prayer, journaling and meditation. And she's been on a journey of self-forgiveness. She also stated that, and I quote, people need to understand that it's very real and it's not something you judge. We judge, judge things and we don't have enough compassion. We don't have enough love. We don't have enough understanding. Sometimes I feel like we look at things as just something to talk about, as just news. It's not enough people looking into things to see what we can do to help because we all go through things. We all have something. I may not be bipolar. It may not be this or that, but we all go through something. We all are flawed. We all have something that we struggle with. And I think we all need to find compassion for each other so we can all know that we're here for each other to make it to the next moment of our lives because you never know what somebody is going through. It shouldn't take for someone to fall all the way down for us to then care. And then all the prayers go out to them after they've fallen all the way down. And that's what Brandy had to say. So given that her new song is called Borderline and the theme of the song is relationships and instability, I assume she is alluding to borderline personality disorder, which is a disorder that affects the black community and many people aren't aware of what it is. So on today's episode, I want to take a deep dive into borderline personality disorder in the black community. The first thing I'll say is that borderline personality disorder is often misunderstood. In the black community, we may be familiar with the behaviors of people with borderline personality disorder, but we don't know that it's a mental health condition. We might label the person as being a drama queen, a drama king. We might roll our eyes when they come up in conversation and we might say, what did they do now? We might be dismissive of them and avoid them because they can be draining to you and they're too intense. Or we ignore them because they need too much attention. Or we say they just want attention. Does this sound like anybody you might know? Well, let's talk about it some more. You know, borderline personality disorder is a mental health condition. And it affects how people think and feel about themselves, how they feel about other people. You know, they're always afraid that people are going to leave them. They have this strong fear of abandonment, which caused them to have problems maintaining healthy relationships with people. So they have this pattern of unstable relationships with people. So with friends, coworkers, family, people that they're dating, significant others, everybody. They have this fear of abandonment. And because they have very intense emotions that they can't manage, they have a hard time managing their behavior and they end up doing things that cause people to leave them, to want to get away from them. They do impulsive things. They have inappropriate anger and and um, you'll notice they'll have like frequent mood changes that push people away from them. So they do things that push people away, but they can't stand to be alone. They want loving and long lasting relationships, but their behavior makes them not able to maintain healthy relationships with people. They have issues with their self image and their self esteem. So they do and say things to compensate for how they really feel about themselves. So what they end up doing is putting up this image of themselves and it can be a turnoff for a lot of people. And their behavior, it affects them in every aspect of their lives. It's a disabling condition because they are always getting into it with somebody. They're always fighting. They get violent 
within their relationships and they end up injured. Sometimes they end up dead. Um, They can't hold on to a job because of the way that they behave. They can't hold on to a place and they end up living with people. But then that doesn't last long because they can't get along with people. And then they might end up homeless. They end up in jail. They end up hospitalized. You might be hearing me say this and you're thinking about somebody that you know or even yourself. And I just want you to know, don't worry. We're going to talk about everything and I'm going to give you some tips on how to cope with it all. Now, I said that I want to talk about this disorder in regards to the black community. But what I want you to know is this is not a disorder that only black people get. Borderline personality disorder affects all races and all cultures. It's just that in the black community, like with everything else, you know, our race and our culture, it affects how we express our emotions and how we react emotionally to situations and to things that happen to us. Like we tend to express emotions in different ways than other ethnicities. Like we have different intention behind it. Sometimes we have different meaning as to why we express emotion. And that's just due to our culture. It's due to our history, our history of slavery, our history of just Black history, period, and how how we learn to express ourselves growing up also plays a role in it. How we grew up in our households. I want you to know that borderline personality disorder, it's a mental health condition, but it falls into the category of a personality disorder. And it's a borderline personality disorder. It's a severe form of a personality disorder. So like with Brandy's song called Borderline, you know, you hear that a lot. People use the term borderline. And I think it's important to know the history of why it's called borderline personality disorder. It's borderline of what? Well, it was thought to be borderline of schizophrenia. In 1938 is when the term borderline was first introduced in the United States. So like psychiatrists back then, they used borderline to describe people who they thought had the, t- the tendency to develop schizophrenia, borderline schizophrenia. And at the time, people with mild depression, anxieties, hypochondriacs, you know, like people who always think that they're sick or that they have a disease or that something is wrong with them and it's not. Those type of disorders, doctors believe back then, like, yeah, we can treat that. No problem. So like disorders like depression and anxiety and um, hypochondria, we, we call that neurosis. So the doctors felt, yeah, they can treat neurosis. But people with like abnormal thinking or like delusions or hallucinations, like people who um, hear things that aren't there or see things that aren't there, they might feel something that's not there. Like um, we call that psychosis. And you'll see psychosis a lot in schizophrenia. So back then they felt that schizophrenia and and those type of disorders that have the psychosis that they were not treatable. Like, no, we can't we can't help you. We can't. There's nothing we can do for you. So basically, borderline personality disorder was not treatable because it was borderline schizophrenia. So it wasn't until like the 1970s that they started to understand borderline personality disorder more. Y'all gonna hear me refer to it as um, BPD sometimes because borderline personality disorder is too long to be saying y'all try to say that three times and see how you do. So like I was saying, in the 1970s, they started to understand the disorder more and they were like, oh, OK, well, you know what? It's not like borderline schizophrenia. It actually falls in between neurosis and psychosis. So like people who are depressed, like, you know, that that's a tier. And then let's say borderline personality is in the middle of that. And then underneath borderline personality, you'll have like schizophrenia. So they were more like saying that, you know, we have neurotic people and psychotic people. And so borderline personality falls in between those two. And then after that, they were able to start coming up with like a list of symptoms. 
And then by the 1980s, they had more information and they were able to like officially call it a personality disorder. So like now today, we know a lot more about this disorder. Now, when we talk about personality, first of all, the word personality comes from the Latin word persona. And a persona is a theatrical mask that performers wear in order to either change up or disguise their identities. So that's where the word comes from, in case you were ever wondering. Just a little fun fact I decided to throw in there. Now back to personality. You know, we're always saying the word personality. I like his personality. I love her personality. Uh, Oh, they have a great personality. But what is it really? You know, our personality is basically a combination of our characteristics and the qualities about us that make us different or make us stand out from other people. It's, um, you know, the way we think, it's the way we feel, the way we behave. That's what makes us different from other people. And our personality, you know, it's pretty much developed and it's influenced by like experiences that we have and our environment growing up and like where we live and our culture and being black. We have certain life situations that contribute to our personalities, like how we are very colorful and creative people. We crack jokes a lot and we find humor in things. You know, and like we're just such a unique people. We come up with words like slay and swag and bay and, you know, whatever other uh, words that catch on in society. It comes from black people because we have like characteristics of this in our I don't know if it's in our DNA or what, y'all, but we just we are the bomb. A lot of things make up our personality like we get characteristics of our personality from our parents. And that's why you'll see people and you'll be like, they'll say you act just like your daddy. You remind me so much of your mother. She used to act just like that. So we inherit a lot of our characteristics. And, you know, our personality, it influences like how we move in the world, how we respond to things. It causes us to act a certain way, to behave a certain way. Our, you know, and our personality is expressed in not only just like our thoughts and our feelings and our behaviors. We express our personality in relationships, in close relationships with people, in social interactions. You know, our personality influences a lot of things. Like it even influences like how, depending on the type of personality that you have, like say your type A personality and they have all these different lists of personalities. I never really looked at it. I guess I'll have to look at it one day. But depending on your personality type, that can also influence like how often you visit the doctor, how you cope with stress how you deal with um, problems that come up in your life, depending on your personality is um, affects how you how you like I said, how you move, how you operate. And for the most part, our personality stays the same over time. Like with me, people who've known me since I was a young girl or since I was a teenager, and say they see me now, they say you haven't changed, you still have the same personality, you still the same. My personality is consistent. People recognize that it's the same. You know what you're getting. You know who you're getting when you come in contact with me. Because for the most part, I act the same way no matter what the situation is. That means there is a recognizable order and regularity to my behaviors. And our personality is what helps people to do that. Our personality is what causes people to act the same way no matter what situation that they're in. But when people have a personality disorder, the way that they think the way that they feel, the way that they behave, it's in ways that's different from how um, culturally we would expect them to act. 
And it's a personality disorder because the way that they act and the way that they behave, it causes problems in their life. It causes distress in their functioning and it lasts over time. It's not something that they grow out of. It's not something that that changes. It's important to know, too, that borderline personality disorder is not the only type of personality disorder that there is. There's like 10 different types of personality disorders, and we're going to talk about them all as we go along and talk about it in just different episodes. When people have personality disorders, you see like this long pattern of behaviors like they act they act differently from what we would expect them to act like and you normally start to notice a personality disorder when somebody is a teenager or a young adult because they're having problems at school at work with friends with teachers with boyfriends with girlfriends with parents whoever there's problems with the way that they think about themselves and others there's problems with the way that they respond emotionally there's problems with the way that they relate to other people there's problems in the way that they can't control their behavior now in borderline personality disorder it's important to not get too hung up on the term borderline because that's an old term it's outdated and it's stigmatizing and like sometimes in the mental health field it's used as a dismissive remark like oh they're borderline so you know how that goes you know, they just want attention. And some mental health professionals still believe today that it's not treatable due to the history of it being said not to be treatable like in 1938. But back then, medication and therapy didn't work well with borderline personality disorder because the doctors didn't fully understand like the symptoms. They didn't understand like how to treat it. But if you look at the literature over the last um, 50 years, you'll see that that's not true. It is treatable. It's, um, you know, so like I said, it's an old term. Some people don't think that it should even be a personality disorder. They think that it should be a mood disorder or an identity disorder. So the name is probably going to be changed in the future anyway. And I know a lot of you have never even heard of borderline personality disorder until now anyway, but you know, it's a very common disorder. It's more common than schizophrenia. And some of the symptoms are similar to bipolar disorder and anxiety because people with borderline personality disorder also have like intense mood swings. And a lot of times their intense mood swings are also mixed with paranoia. But what makes this illness stand out and how you will know that it's probably borderline personality disorder is because you'll notice that the person has extreme instability in relationships, instability in their self-image, instability in their behavior. There are over 4 million people in the United States with borderline personality disorder. And that's not even including the people who have not been diagnosed yet. So there's even more than that, I'm sure. And that's also not including the people who have been misdiagnosed with bipolar disorder. Because, you know, studies have shown that 40% of people with borderline personality disorder have been misdiagnosed with having bipolar disorder. And like I said earlier, it doesn't matter your race. All ethnicities are affected by this disorder and black people don't have it more than anyone else. But you know who is affected more by this disorder? Women. About 75 percent of people diagnosed with BPD are women. And those numbers, it might be the same for men. But, you know, we don't know because men are normally misdiagnosed. They're misdiagnosed with having PTSD or depression instead of borderline personality disorder. So the number could be high for men, too. But we just don't know because they're being diagnosed with something else. 
And people with borderline personality disorder, they can be highly suicidal. About 69% to 80% of the people with BPD, they engage in suicidal behavior like suicide attempts. Um, They'll do like life-threatening things. They injure themselves. And about 10% of the people kill themselves. They die by suicide. So let's really get into it. What does this BPD, borderline personality disorder, really look like in people? Remember, borderline personality disorder affects the way people feel about themselves, how they relate to other people and how they behave. So you'll see this pattern, like I said before, of instable interpersonal relationships, like they'll have problems with people they work with. They have problems when they're in love, in marriages, um, dating relationships with their immediate family members and other relatives, with their parents, with their friends, with their teacher. And they have self-image issues and they're impulsive. And you'll see these things no matter what situation that they're in. You'll see some symptoms when they're a teenager, but you start to really see it in early adulthood. So what's happening inside of them is that they have this intense fear, like I said, too, of abandonment. They go to extreme measures to avoid being abandoned or rejected by somebody. Like sometimes this fear of abandonment, sometimes it might be real because of the way that they act. People are trying to pull away from them. Sometimes it's not it's not real. Nobody. The person isn't thinking about leaving them or abandoning them or breaking up with them. So what happens is they make up things in their own head about other people that may not be true. But either way, they make very frantic efforts to avoid the person from leaving them. Like say they're in therapy. If their therapist tells them that their hour is up, time is up, um, I'll see you next week, you know, we can continue on next week, then all of a sudden, they feel sad, or they feel angry. Because they've made up in their head, oh, they're telling me time is up, see you next week, because they don't want to deal with me, or they're trying to get rid of me. Or like sometimes they might go into like this panic or this rage when somebody who they feel is important to them, like say they're a few minutes late, just a few minutes late, or if they have to cancel on them, um, or if an appointment is canceled, they get very angry. It's like a, a rage and a panic that comes over them, like I said, and that's because they're making up stuff in their head as to why this person canceled, why, um, they're running late. You know, they don't want to see me. They don't value me. They they don't, you know, it's something negative that the person is doing towards them. So when things like this happen, they feel abandoned. They feel like that they're bad or something is wrong with them and, and that people don't want to be around them. And that's why they're doing these things. And this abandonment fear that they have is because they can't stand to be alone. They have to have people with them. So to avoid someone from leaving them or breaking up with them, like in a relationship, they'll threaten to kill themselves. They'll grab a knife and they'll they'll gesture that they're going to kill themselves or they'll send a text message like I'm going to kill myself, um, you know, because you broke, you know, I, I can't stand to be without you or whatever they might say. Or they might threaten to jump from a building when someone has tried to break up with them. Or they'll cut themselves, not to kill themselves, but to feel like a sense of release or relief. Or they might cut themselves as a threat when somebody's trying to leave them or to make somebody stay with them. They'll cut themselves so that they can get the attention that they need. Because some of the responses they might get from a person who sees that they cut themselves is like, why did you do this? Come here. And they're trying to help them and trying to bandage them. And and just like, why did you do this? Don't ever do that again. You scared me. What can I do to help so that you don't do stuff like this so it gives them the attention and it kind of gives them a feeling of calmness and relief 
to avoid being abandoned, they'll also like beg and plead with the person. They'll cause a scene in public. They might even like physically try to stop somebody from leaving, like grabbing on them, pulling on them, blocking, blocking somebody's car in, blocking the door with their body, like physically not letting them leave or taking the person's car keys. They might say that they're pregnant or that they have an illness to try to keep the person with them and keep the person um, from breaking up with them or leaving them. And a lot of people with this disorder, they lie a lot. You know, they lie to keep people with them. They lie and they can be deceptive and they end up having a lot of past relationships and their relationships normally end in breakups. Like I mentioned earlier, you'll see that they have this pattern of unstable, intense relationships, like they'll go from one extreme to the other. So one minute they have this person that is like just so great and so amazing. They're praising this person. They're bragging about them. This person does this. This person has that. This person is just all that. And then all of a sudden they're devaluing the person and they're saying like they ain't shit. They don't care enough. They're this horrible, no good person. And that's because people with borderline personality disorder, they tend to view things in extremes. It's like everything is going to either be all good or it's going to be all bad. This person is going to be all good or they're all bad. There is no in between. It's black or white. And their opinions of people change quickly. So a person who they see as a friend one day is might be considered an enemy or a backstabber or a traitor the next day. And because their feelings about other people shift and change so quickly, that's what causes them to have these intense and unstable relationships. Like they'll quickly initiate these intimate relationships with people. It could be a physical relationship, like a sexual relationship or an emotional relationship. And they initiate it like they're pursuing you and they want you so bad. And then they get you and, you know, everything's all good. And then the next minute they cut you off. They cut off communication with you because they've made up something in their head that told them that you're going to be leaving them, that you're going to try to cut cut them off soon. So they'll quickly cut you off to avoid you abandoning them. And it could be real. Maybe the person is going to cut you off soon or abandon you. But a lot of times it's not real. It's something that they've imagined and made up in their head that this person is going to do to them. And what you'll notice, too, is that people with borderline personality disorder, they might constantly go back to unstable relationships or they go back to people that they fell out with because they can't stand to be alone or they go back to exes. They go back to people that they had conflict with before and they get back in good with them and they're back in these relationships. And then people around them are like, what? I'm surprised that you and that person are back together or you guys are back talking again after how you fell out so bad or after all the things that you said to them and that the things that you did. But you'll see them back with the people and in their relationships with people. Like I said, it could be a romantic relationship or a friendship or um, a parent or whatever kind of relationship in their relationships, they have this constant back and forth where they're demanding love, they're demanding attention. And then all of a sudden, they might pull away from the relationship or they withdraw because they feel like you're going to leave them. So they just like remove themselves first. So it might look like they're playing games with people. Something else that they might do in their relationships is that they're constantly looking for signs that somebody is going to leave them and they'll interpret like even little small minor things that don't mean anything. They'll interpret it as a sign that the person is going to abandon them soon. Something else that happens with people who have borderline personality disorder is that they might meet someone and after the first or second date 
or second meeting, because like I said, it could be a lover, it could be a friend, it could be a boss, it could be a therapist, whatever the relationship, after the first or second meeting, they're demanding to spend a lot of time together. They might share very intimate details about themselves early in the relationship. And like I said earlier, they switch between different extremes. So They'll go on a date with somebody and after the first date or second date or second meeting or whatever the situation they're talking about, they're bragging about the person. This person is the best thing since sliced bread. This person is this and that. And then they quickly switch up and they're saying that the person doesn't care enough. The person doesn't give enough. The person isn't there enough. The person becomes the opposite of everything that they were just bragging to you about. And people with borderline personality disorder, they empathize with people. They have empathy. They'll spoil you. They'll be sweet to you. They'll they'll nurture you. Like you know, they'll take care of you if you're sick. They'll buy you stuff. Um, so they're kind. They'll be kind to you. But they expect you to be there to meet their needs on demand. And most people don't operate like that. People don't respond well to someone trying to boss them and trying to control them or be demanding or act like someone owes them something. So this doesn't always work out well for people who have borderline personality disorder. And that's when things get ugly. They'll show this sudden and dramatic shift in their view of the person. And they might do things to punish the person Or they do things to get back at the person or like with their family, you'll see that they go to these different extremes. They're swinging from these extremes of like being close and and loving towards their family members to all of a sudden they have this extreme dislike and anger towards their family members. And that's pretty much how it is in all of their relationships. They'll swing from feeling extreme love to extreme hate. Something else you might notice is that they might, some people become very overly reliant and dependent on their friends, on their lovers, on their family members. You know, I mentioned earlier about how uh, people with borderline personality disorder have this unstable self-image and this unstable sense of self. So they go through these rapid, rapid changes in their self-identity and in their self-image, like they'll be constantly changing up their look, their hair. They might claim a different ethnicity, like they might be black, but they're telling people that they're Dominican, they're mixed, they're Puerto Rican, they're from everywhere else except for what they really are. Like they change up quick. You'll notice that they change their goals and their values quickly. They'll change jobs. They change schools a lot. They switch their um, vocational goals a lot. Like one minute they're saying they're going to start a business. And then the next minute they're going to school to become a nurse. Or now they're trying to become a model or they're wanting to be a lawyer. So they have these sudden changes too in their opinions and their plans about different careers. They have this distorted view of themselves. They might be uncertain about how they see themselves and and their role that they have in the world. And because of that, their interests and their values change quickly. They might have sudden changes in their sexual identity, like they've always been heterosexual and they've always been with men. And now all of a sudden, out of the blue, they're saying that they're bisexual. They might have sudden changes in the type of friends that they have. They might say things like, oh, my friends are bad bitches. I don't want no females around me that don't look like this or that. I only want friends that's getting money. That's hustlers. I only hang with business owners. And then the next minute they're hanging out with people totally different from what they said. 
You might also notice that people with borderline personality disorder, they quickly change from the role of needing help and just being all into other people like, oh, they're they're going to help me. Oh, they said they're going to help me with this. And oh, they got their stuff together. And oh, they're going to help me. They're going to help me get a car. They're going to help me uh, with this school stuff. They're going to help me start this business. They're going to help me, help me, help me. And they're just very needy. And then they'll switch from that to all of a sudden feeling that the person is mistreating them or the person has done something to mistreat them or the person has done something towards them in some kind, some kind of way. And now they're trying to get revenge on the person. And the reason why they always feel like somebody is doing something to like mistreat them or, or doing something underhanded is because internally they really see themselves as being bad or evil. Some people with borderline personality disorders even have feelings that they don't exist at all. And they normally feel these things when they're in situations where they don't feel that they have a meaningful relationship. They don't feel nurtured. They don't feel supported. If they're in school or in work situations where there is no structure, then they tend not to work well. They perform worse. So they need to be in structured um, work and school situations. And because of their distorted self image and the way that they really feel about themselves, they take things personally. Like if their friend is running five minutes late to dinner, they start to feel unworthy, unloved. And when the friend finally arrives, they'll ma- they'll act weird with the friend. They might cause an argument because the friend was five minutes late. They might yell at the friend for being late and cause a scene. People with BPD also um, do self damaging behaviors. They can be very impulsive and very risky. They do like dangerous things sometimes, like they'll do things to put themselves and other people at risk. And they might not think about the consequences, like they might gamble or they might spend money recklessly. They're charging a lot of money on credit cards, reckless driving. Um, They engage in unsafe sex. They're having all these different spending sprees. They're binge eating or they're abusing drugs and alcohol, or they might sabotage their success by quitting a good job or ending a positive relationship. And this is like some of the some of these symptoms are the same as bipolar disorder. And I think that's why a lot of people get uh, misdiagnosed. And I just want to go back to the suicide for a minute, because like I was saying earlier, they'll have recurrent suicidal behaviors. It's not like a one time thing. Um, it's something that they'll do often, like they'll gesture or they'll they'll make threats and they self mutilate themselves. Like I said, they might cut themselves. They might dig into their skin. They might burn themselves. And like I said earlier, they'll do these things so that they can feel something. Or some people have said, too, that they do it because they feel that it helps to get the evil out of them. It helps them to atone for their their guilt or their sins. But normally, self-injury is a harmful way that people use to help cope with like emotional pain and intense anger and frustration. It normally gives people who struggle with this disorder like a sense of calm, a sense of like a release of tension. But then after they do that, they do the self-harming behaviors and the cutting and the burning or the scratching and digging into their skin. That's normally followed by them feeling guilt and shame. And then the the painful emotions that they were feeling just come back anyway. And you'll notice that people with borderline personality disorder, they normally do self-injurious behaviors like cutting themselves, burning themselves, um, digging into their skin and stuff. They normally do that as a response to um, them being rejected by somebody or a fear that they're going to be rejected or that they're going to be separated in some way from a relationship. 
You know, it's the same thing that I said earlier. They'll do these self-destructive acts because they want the person who's trying to leave them to feel responsible for them trying to kill themselves or for them harming themselves. And sometimes like, you know, it's to get the person's attention. And as a result, people sometimes accidentally kill themselves because they're trying to get attention and they're doing self-harming behaviors, but then they end up killing themselves on accident. They end up causing permanent damage to themselves sometimes because they're inflicting abuse on themselves or from failed suicide attempts. They'll end up with physical handicaps like people end up with broken bones, spinal damage, head injuries, nerve damage, brain damage and organ damage because of a failed suicide attempt or because they cut themselves too deep when they were just trying to do a threat or a gesture to keep somebody with them. And now they have nerve damage. So just know that suicide attempts and threats are very common, especially when the person may also have bipolar disorder, depression and substance abuse, along with borderline personality disorder, because you can have more than just one disorder. And because they have this recurrent suicidality, that's what normally gets them into treatment. And that's what normally gets them help because they've ended up getting hospitalized because they made a suicide attempt and now they're referred to go seek mental health treatment. Another thing that's important to know about borderline personality disorder is that people with BPD, they have intense mood swings just out of nowhere. They'll have mood swings and it usually lasts like a few hours to a few days. It's rare that the mood swings will last more than a few days. And the mood swings could be that they have like this intense happiness. They're so happy. They're talking your ear off. They're, you know, everything's all good, blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden they're irritable. They might feel sad all of a sudden. They might feel anxious all of a sudden. They change up quick on you and they end up often displaying like unpredictable and erratic behavior because of their mood changes. Like they have mood swings and it doesn't matter if things are going good. They still will have them when they should feel satisfaction. They don't. And they still have these mood swings. They have these chronic feelings of emptiness. So you'll notice that they're easily bored and they may be always trying to find something to do somewhere to go. They're not happy where they are in life. They don't feel fulfilled. Another thing that you'll notice with people who have this disorder is that they have inappropriate and intense anger. They frequently lose their temper. They show constant displays of anger, like they have a hard time controlling their anger and they have a lot of physical fights with people over and over. They're always fighting someone. They have a lot of arguments with people. They're always getting into it with somebody. You might notice that they're very sarcastic. They're bitter. They they say things like as if they're a hater. You know, they have a lot of verbal outbursts. So they argue with people. Like I said, they'll curse you out. They don't even care what they say. They'll say any and everything to you when they are in this anger spell. Especially when it's a lover or a caregiver or something, if they feel that that person is neglecting them or withholding something from them, or they feel like the person is being uncaring or they see them as abandoning them, they'll have an anger outburst. And after they have these outbursts that they have, they normally start to feel like shame and guilt later. And then when they feel shame and guilt, that contributes to the feelings that they already have about themselves, that they're evil and that they're bad. So then you'll see that they always try to come back and they'll try to make up to you or try to get back in good with you. They'll call people and they'll talk about what they did. And they might say, like, I shouldn't have done that, huh? I shouldn't have did them like that, huh? 
Another thing about anger is that you'll probably notice too that they get really mad when plans change. Like even when plans change and it's for an unavoidable reason, like somebody got a flat tire and that's why I can't come because my my tire is flat and I'm waiting for AAA and we're not going to make it. They'll get very angry or for any other reason that's something that's unavoidable that most people would be understanding about. People with borderline personality disorder are not understanding about it because they take it as a slight. Like you're doing this as because of me, like you don't want to come, you don't want to be around me. Another thing that happens when people have borderline personality disorder is that they'll have paranoia, they'll get paranoid. And it might be they might also lose contact with reality. And that might last from a few minutes to a few hours. So they end up um, they don't trust they might have a hard time trusting people. So they get real paranoid. And they're always um, having this fear about what other people's intentions are. They might um feel cut off from themselves. So they disassociate, they don't feel like they're part of their own body. They see themselves outside their body sometimes. Another thing that happens when people have borderline personality disorder is like I said before, they'll have a pattern of like self sabotaging themselves, they'll undermine themselves when they're just now about to reach a goal, like they might drop out of high school, right, right, right before they're about to graduate. They might be in therapy and the therapist is telling them like, oh, you've been doing so good and therapy is going so good. And they're telling them how well they're doing. So now the person with BPD will revert back to not doing so well because they feel that the therapist is going to end therapy. They're going to end treatment because they're doing good. So there's that fear of abandonment again. They'll destroy a good relationship when it looks like the relationship could last and the person is good to them and things are okay. They'll destroy that relationship. And sometimes people with borderline personality disorder during times of stress, they might start to develop like psychotic symptoms, like hallucinations. They might hear things and see things and smell things and taste things that are not there. They might have like body image distortions where they feel like parts of their body is flawed and it makes them look deformed or or they look really bad. And they spend a lot of time performing like compulsions around this flaw, like excessive grooming. They'll be excessively fixing their hair, uh, picking in their skin, um, double checking their appearance in the mirror constantly seeking like reassurance from other people about their looks like do I look good how do I look how does this look should I wear this should I wear that they might have a take a lot of pictures and they're taking them excessively they might have what we call ideas of reference where um, they might experience coincidences things that don't mean anything they're not harmful or offensive but they'll believe and they'll they'll just put it in their head that these little coincidences have like a strong significance there's a meaning behind it they'll see these things as something negative though and it's something hostile toward them so like another example of like ideas of reference might be you know um the person thinks that, oh, because I was here, I caused this to happen. This only happened because I was here. Or, oh, I was just thinking that. And look, I thought about it. And that's why this happened. Or, oh, it's because I did did this. And that's why this happened. You know, so it's like irrational thoughts. Or like another example is like somebody with borderline personality disorder. They might walk into a party and they think that everybody is looking at them. They might say, dang, Everybody looking at me. Everybody's looking at me. They might say things like, you see them looking at me over there. 
or they might walk into a party and they feel like everybody's talking about them. Everybody's whispering about them and they might feel like they can hear people whispering about them. You know, and it can happen when you live with them, too. Like you're in the living room, they're in the bedroom. All of a sudden they're coming out with an attitude and they're saying, like, you're always talking about me. I heard you whispering about me. And then the person is like, what? No, I wasn't. I wasn't even thinking about you. I was watching TV. Another thing that will happen with some people who have borderline personality disorder is that they will experience what we call um, hypnagogic phenomena, which is also called hypnagogic hallucinations. So what happens is they'll go into this state of consciousness when they fall asleep. They feel that they're awake when they're asleep. They might say that they have sleep paralysis, which can happen when they're waking up or when they're falling asleep. And what happens is that the person is aware they're conscious, but they can't move and they can't speak. So that happens a lot when people have borderline personality disorder. Also, sometimes during sleep paralysis, people hallucinate, and they might hear things they might feel or see things that aren't there. And people with borderline personality disorder, they also might be having lucid dreams, which is when you're conscious, you're awake during during your dream, like not awake, but you know what's going on. And sometimes when people have lucid dreams, they're able to control what happens in their dreams. Like you can kind of control and change who's in the dream, what the dream is about, where you are in the dream. You can change like the environment in the dream while you, while you're in the dream. So you're dreaming, but you're conscious. And some of us have had lucid dreams. Lucid dreams doesn't just happen to people who have a disorder. It's just something that spontaneously happens to people, period. Studies show that like 55% of people have had one or more lucid dreams in their lifetime. And also too, like some people, I, I don't, it's a technique, lucid dreams, like to try to induce yourself into a lucid dream. So, you know, there's more to the, you know, you can look it up, lucid dreams and find more about it. You know, you hear people writing songs about lucid dreams a lot too. Something else that I want to share is that, you know, people with borderline personality disorder, they might also feel more secure when they have a pet like a dog or like a cat or they feel more secure with like possessions like a car. They feel secure with those things and they feel insecure in their relationships with people. Something else that I want to say that's important to know is that when it comes to relationships, even though people with borderline personality disorder have these difficulties in their relationships, they are normally pretty good people. They're good people. They're kind people. They are caring people. Like I said before, they will spoil you. They will nurture you. They will take care of you when they're in a relationship with you. They show you love and they have a lot of positive qualities that make them great romantic partners for a while. And that's why they're able to keep having relationships where they're able to keep getting into relationships because they have good qualities. People do like them. People are in relationships with them and they're often attracted to them because people with borderline personality, personality disorder might be very fun. They're exciting. They're passionate and people are drawn to them because of those intense emotions that they have and because they're so passionate and because they have a strong desire for intimacy. They like to kiss. They like to hug. They like to touch. They like to be together. They like to spend time and People that are involved with them, they feel special because people with borderline personality personality disorder, they're giving the person love and attention and they want their love and attention in return. And they'll put their new partner on a pedestal and they make them feel 
so good. And the person with borderline personality dis- disorder, they'll feel like they're, they've met their soulmate. They feel like they've met their perfect match. And that's exciting to a new person that's getting involved with somebody who has borderline personality disorder. Like I said, they're, they're not bad people. They just have these personality characteristics that make it difficult for them to maintain relationships longer than the honeymoon period. You know, and I talked about like a lot of the reasons why their relationships end. And it all goes back to to like what I said, like they have this black and white thinking. It's either you're going to be perfect or you're not. You're all good or you're all bad. And they devalue people. They put you on the pedestal and then they knock you back down. You know, people with this disorder, they have a hard time recognizing that, hey, people make mistakes. Even when people mean well, they still make mistakes. But no, people with borderline personality disorder can't. They don't normally see it that way. They see people as either either you're you're evil and you're crooked or you're an angel and you're perfect. There is no in, in the middle or in between. It's just two extremes. So because they see people in this way, they'll say things like, You always do this or you always do that or you never do this. You never do that. You hear always and never. It's always either always or never. And then when things go wrong, they feel cheated. They feel ruined. They feel screwed. They feel like you messed me over. You know, like I was saying, they change up so quick. Like they'll tell you like, oh, everything is falling apart. Nothing is working out. I don't understand why all this is happening. And oh, nothing is going well. It's all bad. It's the end of the world. And then suddenly they'll come back and they're like, oh, everything is great. Everything is completely turned around. Everything is just amazing. It's like no in between. It's like either all falling apart or it's all good. So they're often seen, like I said earlier, as being overdramatic, as a drama queen, as a a drama king. And because of their behavior, it can be exhausting for people to be around them. The people that are around them, they feel exhausted because they can wear you down and they can wear you out with their behavior. Now, not everyone with borderline personality disorder is going to experience every single thing that I just said. Some people only experience a few of the symptoms and some people experience many of the symptoms and in the symptoms, they can be triggered by like little small things like say their partner has to go out of town for business and they're going on a business trip. All of a sudden, the person with borderline personality disorder, they feel very angry. They feel very distressed because they have they have to be separated from this person that they feel so close with, like they're feeling abandonment. And it's something that, hello, I have to go to work. Like, why are you feeling this way? I'm going on a business trip. Nothing else is going on. Or like, say their significant other is going to Vegas or something with their boys or with their girls. And they might get very angry because of this minor separation. They don't want to be separated from them. And, you know, the severity of the symptoms and how frequent people have symptoms and how long they last, that all Um, depends on the person. Everybody is different. It depends on the individual and their illness. I want to talk about the anger for a minute. Like something to know is that black women who have borderline personality disorder, they tend to not be able to control their anger. They might be less suicidal, but you might see in them that they're having anger outbursts and they're less able to control their anger. With white women, they might be more suicidal as opposed to not being able to control their anger. And because black women tend to present more with having difficulty controlling their anger, they might get misdiagnosed with having like 
um, bipolar disorder or some other disorder and they're not getting treatment for borderline personality disorder. So that's why they're not getting better because they've been misdiagnosed. Another thing to keep in mind is that um, borderline personality disorder, it's usually diagnosed in adults and not in children and not in teenagers. Even though you might see some symptoms and stuff in, in teenagers and in children, they normally don't get diagnosed with borderline personality disorder until they get older because a lot of the signs and symptoms that you might see sometimes in children when they get older and they get more mature, those symptoms go away. But in early adulthood, that's when you'll really see it. Like in their 20s, you'll really see this chronic instability, these mood swings, this impulsivity, and like the serious impairment in their functioning, like with work and with school and, um, you know, with friends and all these issues. And this is also when the risk for suicide is high, like when they're in their 20s, because normally as people with borderline personality get older, they gradually like they tend to have less suicide risk. But even in old age, like they're still having intense emotions, they're still going to have um, intense and unstable relationships, they're still going to be um, impulsive, like that's lifelong, but treatment can help to improve some of those behaviors. And like when people get in their 30s and their 40s, like the majority of people with this disorder, they tend to have like more stability in their relationships and in their work functioning, especially if they get treatment. Now, the cause of borderline personality disorder, it's not fully understood, but there are a lot of things that contribute to why somebody might develop borderline personality disorder, like um, physical abuse, sexual abuse, if they were neglected, if they had like an early parental loss, and it could be that their parent died, it could be their parent went to prison or their um, parents divorced. All of these are common in the childhood histories of people with borderline personality disorder. Like if they've had a stressful childhood, like many people with this disorder, they report that they were sexually or physically abused and that they were neglected during their childhood. That's stressful. You know, and for some people, not only were they separated, maybe they weren't separated from their parent or their um, caregiver because they died or because they went to prison or because um, of divorce. Sometimes children have parents who are addicted to drugs and because they're misusing the substances, um, you know, I, I have to talk about attachment in another episode because that's going to be long. But a lot of people with borderline personality disorder, they have issues from childhood because of attachment to their caregivers. So we'll talk about that more in another episode. But, you know, a lot of people, their parents were on drugs. So that's why they may have developed borderline personality disorder or their parent had a mental health issue and they weren't ever uh, able to care for them properly. Or, you know, they've been exposed to like hostile um, conflict in the home, unstable family relationships, you know, domestic violence in the home. You know, genetics can also be a cause of borderline personality disorder. That's why it's important to know your family history, because there are some studies that show that personality disorders are inherited. So you might be at high risk of developing borderline personality disorder if you have a, a close relative who has this disorder, like a mother, a father, a brother, a sister, or, you know, they might have the same disorder or a similar one. There's also some research that has shown that, you know, there are brain factors and brain abnormalities that might contribute to why somebody may develop borderline personality disorder as well. 
So there's just a lot of possible causes and reasons why somebody would develop um, borderline personality disorder. But I want you to know also, too, that, you know, I'm sharing all these risk factors and these possible causes. But that doesn't mean that everyone who has these things, these risks or this history, that doesn't mean that they're going to develop borderline personality disorder or vice versa. People who don't have any of these factors or any of this history, they can still develop borderline personality disorder. You know, even though we may not completely know what causes borderline personality disorder in people, what we do know is that people with borderline personality disorder end up having a lot of problems. They have a lot of damage in many areas of their life and they end up like we talked about earlier. They end up changing jobs a lot. They end up losing jobs a lot. And this is something that happens over and over and over again repeatedly. You know, their education is interrupted. They might not end up completing high school. They might not finish college. They might not um, finish training programs that they set out to do. They end up having like multiple legal issues and they might end up having to do jail time. They have a lot of conflict filled relationships, a lot of marital stress. They go through divorce a lot, a lot of separations. It's all common. And they get involved in abusive relationships and in toxic relationships. So, you know, a lot of times they end up getting hospitalized a lot because they're injuring themselves, self-injury. They're more likely also to develop other chronic medical and mental illnesses, and they're less likely to make healthy lifestyle choices. They may end up with unplanned pregnancies, sexually transmitted infections and diseases. You know, they get into a lot of car accidents. They get into a lot of physical fights because of their impulsive and risky behavior. And they attempt and they also complete suicide. This is a severe disorder. You know, it's very common for people with borderline personality disorder. Like I said earlier, also They can have other mental health disorders like depression, alcohol and other substance abuse. You know, they're drinking a lot. They're smoking weed a lot. They're doing other drugs, cocaine and just other things. They have anxiety disorders as well. They might have an eating disorder along with being um, having borderline personality disorder. They might have bipolar disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. You know, they might have ADHD hyperattention deficit hyperactivity disorder and other personality disorders as well. You know, a lot of times people have borderline personality disorder and they also have antisocial personality disorder as well, which we will be talking about very soon, you guys. And guess what? There's good news. Borderline personality disorder does not have to rule over your life. It doesn't have to rule a person's life. Many people with this disorder, they get better over time and they learn how to live. You know, they live fulfilling. They live happy lives that they deserve. Let me tell you how. You know what time it is. It's time to cope. It's time to pull out our coping toolbox. I'm going to give us some tools to toss in there today to help us cope with borderline personality disorder. Remember, we are going to be building this coping toolbox every time that we're together so we can keep everything that we need that can help calm us during times of distress and help us to express how we feel in healthy ways. 
The first thing I want to say is that treatment can help to decrease the symptoms of borderline personality disorder. So the first thing that people want to do is get with a licensed uh, mental health professional. It could be a psychiatrist, a licensed psychologist, a licensed clinical social worker. All of them are experienced in diagnosing and treating mental health um, disorders, and they can diagnose um, and, and let you know if you have borderline personality disorder. So what will happen is you'll go in, you'll um, meet with the therapist or the mental health professional. They'll do a detailed assessment. So you got to be open and just tell them everything that's been happening, what's been going on in your life. If you're losing jobs, if you're having these um, relationships that aren't lasting, like break it down and tell them everything. You have a family member and this is what happened Um, They had a disorder as well. Or maybe, you know, talk to them about your child, your childhood, because they're going to ask you everything and just be open and share it so that they can diagnose you properly. And then you can start getting the treatment that you need. Now, they might have like you fill out some questionnaires. They're going to ask you about your medical history. Um, Like I said, they'll talk about signs and symptoms that you might be experiencing. And they'll they'll probably recommend, too, that you go see um, your medical doctor and get a physical just to help make sure that you don't have any underlying physical health conditions that could be causing you to have these symptoms and these um, um, changes in your personality. They're going to ask you about your family medical history, like, you know, family members that have diabetes and other stuff. And they're also going to ask you about your mental health history in your family. So like I said, tell them, you know, if your parent had a mental illness or a grandparent or whoever. And then once you start treatment, um, just keep in mind, there's no set length of time of how long it's going to take to get better. There's no set time of like how long the symptoms will take take to um, improve. That depends on the person. It's important for people with borderline personality disorder to just stick with the treatment. It's important that you and your loved ones while you're in treatment, it's important for everyone to just be patient and make sure that you have support and your loved ones are supporting you during this treatment. If you're having any of the signs or the symptoms that we talked about today, then go see your doctor. They can refer you somewhere for mental health treatment. You can call your insurance company and they can find out where you can go for mental health treatment in your area. You can contact your local department of mental health and you can find out where the closest clinic is to your house and make an appointment. Therapy can help you to learn skills to manage and cope with your condition. And also, in addition to seeking mental health treatment, Make sure you practice self-care, practice coping strategies like first learn about the condition, learn about borderline personality disorder. You know, the more knowledge and understanding that you have, the more that you will feel empowered and then you can feel motivated to make a change, motivated to stay in treatment. And try to do like some physical activity that can help to like manage your stress. If you're feeling depressed, that can help you with that as well. If you're feeling anxious, it can help you. And you don't have to run a marathon. You can go for a walk. You can go skating. You can go. uh, You can go jogging if you want. You can go lift weights, whatever you like to do. Um, You can go swimming, do physical activity, and that can help you to relieve some of the symptoms that you might be feeling. Try to avoid alcohol and drugs because that can make your symptoms worse. And if you're taking uh, medications, then that can um, alcohol and the drugs can interact with your medications as well. And that can be harmful. So, you know, you want to make sure, too, that you get routine medical care. Make sure you're getting your physicals every year and you're getting your checkups like you're supposed to so that they can catch anything else that might be happening. Something else that you can do to manage your stress and some of the symptoms is write in a journal 
write down your feelings and express your emotions on paper, write it out. If you want to write a poem, if you want to just like whatever you want to do, keep a journal that can be very helpful. You know, you can also join a support group with other people who have personality disorders that can be helpful as well. And also too, try relaxation and stress techniques like yoga and meditation, if that's your thing. Try to make sure you stay connected with your family and your friends. You know, avoid, try to avoid becoming isolated and make sure you take care of your body. Eat well, as long, you know, as well as exercise. And that can help you to just feel a little bit better and make sure you're getting enough sleep as well. All of these techniques can help you to like uh, reduce some of the symptoms of like the mood changes, the irritability, the impulsive behavior. It can probably it can help you to reduce some of those symptoms. And then also, um, like what I was saying, as far as the support groups, you can join a support group and it can be an emotional support group because what happens in the support groups is that it might be helpful to share your thoughts, to share your fears, to, um, you know, you're talking with people, you're asking questions and they might have the same condition so you join a support group and you can also do online support support groups you can um, look at groups on Facebook they have um, different groups for borderline personality disorder or depression or whatever you're dealing with on Facebook so you can go on there and join a group you can go on meetup.com and you can join a group so there's a lot of options where you don't have to like physically be present if you're not ready for that yet you can just do it on the computer And this might be the perfect time to join a support group on the computer because we're in the house anyway on COVID. And this might be a good time for you to test it out and see what it's like. Now, if you notice any of these signs or symptoms in a family member or a friend, you know, talk to that person. Talk to them about seeing a doctor. Try to see if they're willing to go see a mental health provider. But just know that you cannot force someone to get help. They could tell you no, and you don't want to just keep forcing and pushing the issue because then they'll completely shut down on you. But, you know, if the relationship with this person is causing you a lot of stress, it might be helpful for you to seek therapy and see a therapist as well. Now, the treatment for this disorder is therapy, psychotherapy. So the person will have like one on one treatment with a therapist or they might go to a group setting. Um, They work with a therapist and they learn how to interact with others and how to effectively express themselves so that they're controlling some of the outbursts and the anger and all of all of those behaviors. And what's really important when people start therapy is that you want to be able to trust and get along with your therapist. And this can be hard for people with borderline personality disorder because the disorder makes it difficult for people to maintain a comfortable and trusting relationship with a therapist. So they often put the therapist on a pedestal. And at first they're like, oh, I have this new therapist and they're so great. And then they devalue them. They try to challenge their education and their skills and they try to switch and go to new therapists. But the therapists already know what's happening and they're able to navigate these behaviors. Now, the two types of therapy that people normally get to help treat this disorder is dialectical behavior therapy, which we call DBT. And this type of therapy was developed for people who have borderline personality disorder. And when what people learn with this therapy is that they they get taught skills to help control like those intense emotions um, to reduce like their self-destructive behaviors and improve their relationships. 
And then the other therapy that people can get is cognitive behavioral therapy. And that's when, you know, the therapy, they help to identify and change like the person's beliefs and behaviors about like themselves, like stuff that's not true about themselves, like this thought that you're bad or you're evil or whatever the thought and the feeling is, CBT can help you to address those issues. You know, with CBT, also people learn like ways to interact better with other people and decrease the problems that they have in their relationships. And then you can also learn like how to reduce the mood swings, how to cope with your anxiety, how to reduce the number of um, suicidal and self-harming behaviors that you do. And, you know, medication is not the primary treatment for borderline personality disorder. But in some cases, a psychiatrist might recommend medication to to treat like the mood swings or some other mental health condition that you might have, like bipolar disorder or anxiety or depression. And like I always say, when dealing with medication, make sure you talk to your doctor about the side effects. Talk to them about your concerns. Talk to your doctor and ask them what you should expect from the medication. When people have borderline personality disorder, it doesn't just affect the person who's struggling. It affects the family members, the loved ones, even the therapist, because sometimes therapists struggle with how to respond constructively, because a lot of times in treatment, the person with borderline personality disorder, they have these volatile moods there. They come in and they can be very aggressive or, or rude or upset or whatever, demanding, demeaning. So that's something that therapists will face sometimes when they're in therapy with people who have borderline personality disorder. And I say all this to say that, you know, if you are a family member, if you're a roommate, if you're a friend, if you're a lover of someone with borderline personality disorder, you might also benefit from therapy. I know that it can be stressful to have a loved one with borderline personality disorder because sometimes family members they may do things or they may say things that worsens the person's symptoms. Like you don't mean to say or do these things, but you may be overwhelmed and frustrated by their behavior. So you react in ways that's not the best, but therapy can help therapy or even support groups can help you to develop skills so you can better understand and support your loved one. You know, you have to make sure that you're taking care of yourself, too. And for some people, that just means finding their own therapist to help balance their needs along with the needs of your loved one. You know, if you don't think that therapy or support group is for you, you can always just try to help your friend or your loved one by offering emotional support. Be understanding. Be patient. Be, you know, encourage them. Just know that it can be difficult and scary for people with borderline personality disorder to change, but stay positive, stay positive, stay hopeful because it is possible for them to get better over time. You know, I can't sit here and tell you that there's an easy answer on how to deal with a loved one who has borderline personality disorder, especially when they have extreme and severe symptoms. But you have to find ways to cope so that you can maintain your own sanity. Because depending on what type of relationship or what's the nature of your relationship with the person who has borderline personality disorder, like say it's your husband or it's your child, their symptoms greatly impact your household, the way that they behave can have a huge impact on the family. Maybe you've been dealing with these symptoms and these behaviors with your loved one for a long time now, but you didn't know that they were possibly dealing with borderline personality disorder until you heard this show just now. Something you can do 
is learn about borderline personality disorder so you can understand what they might be going through. Listen to this episode as many times as you need to. Share it with people. Read about borderline personality disorder on the internet or or in different books. Try to be empathetic. You can start by reminding yourself that, like I told you before, um, people with borderline personality disorder have black and white thinking, and that's part of their disorder. It's called splitting when you're either all good or you're all bad. Or, you know, they say the you never this, you always that. Or they're telling you that you're evil. And then the next minute they're like, I love you so much. Just remember that this is all part of the disorder. I know it's hard because sometimes they might do things and they might say things that you feel they did on purpose. Or it seems like they're being manipulative. They're trying to manipulate you. Just know that these are their defenses that they put up. They're not getting satisfaction out of the things that they're doing. They're not getting satisfaction out of the way that they're acting. These are just their defense mechanisms and they turn it on whenever they feel defenseless. They put their guard up. Another thing you can do is that when a situation comes up or something happens, talk to them right away about it so that you're not just letting everything pile up and build up and one situation on top of the next. And then because that's going to cause you to withdraw from them and not want to be around them. So try not to shut down. um, Try not to you know, not talk to them, talk to them. Because when you don't communicate with them, that fuels their fears of abandonment and their anxiety about rejection. So then they'll start to do more things that will make you want to withdraw from them. Make sure you tell them that you care about them. Tell them that you love them. Ask how they're feeling. Remember that because of their disorder, they're terrified of being rejected. They're terrified of being abandoned. So when they know that someone cares, that can help them to reduce like the splitting behavior of, you know, oh, this is all bad or this is all good or you're horrible. Oh, I love you so much. You know, when they know that you love them and you're telling them and you're there for them, that can reduce some of that behavior that you feel is manipulative. Another thing you can do is look for warning signs. Like, are they shopping a lot? Are they, um, you know, doing some erratic behaviors? Are they like having these sexual binges and, and sleeping with a lot of people or different people? Are they like um, binging on substances and drinking a lot and, and smoking weed a lot or doing um, other drugs? Like if your loved one is open to it, discuss their behaviors with them so that they can recognize the signs as well. You know, encourage them to get help, encourage them to get help and make sure you understand the treatment so you can provide them support. You know, when you speak to them, you want to speak to them kindly, but you want to be honest as well. But don't ridicule them and and talk about how, oh, well, you know, you make one bad decision after the next. I don't know what's wrong with you. You know, you need to get control of yourself. Try not to like say stuff like that to them. You know, instead, just try to like help them tell them, you know, I I understand you went through that. You know, how can I help? You know, maybe you can go to therapy. Maybe it'll help to talk to somebody. Maybe I can help you with that. You know, you can say stuff like that and make sure that you react calmly. Like even if your family member or your friend, they're in crisis, they're like, oh, this happened and that happened and I don't know. You can't be in crisis with them. You got to be calm and you can just listen, listen, make sure that they feel understood and then take the next steps towards getting them help. Now, what I'm going to say right now is very important. Dealing with the challenges of having a loved one who has borderline personality disorder is one thing. 
Yes, you can try these tips and techniques that I'm telling you about. Try these with them. This can help them. But also, you need to know that you're not here to take their abuse. Becoming an object of their abuse is a whole nother thing. That's a whole other issue that you're going to have to address because you have to always set boundaries and limits with people who have this disorder. And when they cross that line with you, you have to explain why you are backing away from them. And don't be emotional when you tell them, be rational, be unemotional. I'm not saying that you just leave them alone forever, but if they are abusing you verbally, physically, emotionally, and you've taken a lot, but then they really cross the line with you, then pulling away and letting them know that a boundary has been crossed is a good thing. Setting boundaries helps you to save the relationship. It helps you to preserve the relationship instead of causing more problems and ruining the relationship. I know that as a family member, as a friend, you know, of somebody who has borderline personality disorder, I know that it can be hard sometimes, but try to manage your response to the things that they might be saying and doing to you. I'm not making excuses for them, but keep in mind, they have borderline personality disorder. They have a hard time managing their emotions and their behaviors. They have a hard time controlling their temper. So you might have to be the one to control your temp, your temper, you know, yelling back at them and engaging in hostility is only going to make the situation worse. And it can end up with you guys getting into a physical altercation. It can end up with them causing damage to you, damage to your things, because they can be very impulsive and not care about the consequences of their actions. So they'll do things that will put you and them at risk. And you don't want any part of that. And unfortunately, for some people, they may have to end their relationship with this person. If the relationship is harming your family, if it's harming your work, your sense of well-being, then some people may be faced with the reality that the relationship cannot continue. And when this happens, it's a painful decision for all parties. And it might be also, though, the most healthy decision in some cases. So if that's what you're facing, then talking to a mental health professional can help you to like learn how to approach the situation. How can you do this in a healthy way? If you're in this situation and you want to maintain the relationship with somebody who has borderline personality disorder, then you have to find ways to cope with these behaviors and these cycles and these moods that they have. Encourage your partner to get help. You know, you can also try couples therapy. That might be helpful to you guys as well. I just want to go back and touch on, you know, with ending the relationship, just know that there will be many issues that might come up when you try to end a relationship with a person who has borderline personality disorder, because they have that intense fear of abandonment. A breakup can leave them feeling like very desperate, very devastated. Even if the relationship was unhealthy, they still want to hang on to it. They still have trouble letting the relationship go. So especially if it's a long term relationship like a marriage is that's ending. So it's important to have support for yourself and for your partner, like a therapist as a mediator or something. If you're considering starting a relationship with somebody who has borderline personality disorder, or if you're in a relationship right now with somebody with this disorder, you need to educate yourself about this disorder so you can know what to expect. And if you have been diagnosed with borderline personality 
personality disorder and you're starting a new relationship, it can be helpful for you to think about how your symptoms have affected your dating life in the past and how your romantic relationships have been affected. So hopefully you can try to avoid those same mistakes that you had before. You know, coping with borderline personality disorder can be very challenging. But if you or your family member or your friend is struggling, just know that there is help. If you or somebody that you know is thinking about harming themselves, thinking about killing themselves, thinking about attempting suicide, please get help right away. You know, you can always call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, which is the number is 1-800-273-TALK. 1-800-273-8255 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you can call and you can speak with someone. You can also just, you know, you can call 911. If, you know, if you look on social media and you see that your friends are putting messages and you feel concerned about what they're putting on social media in regards to suicidality, you can contact Instagram, you can contact Facebook, you can contact Twitter, click on that button underneath their post and report their post. Call 911 if it's an emergency. Lastly, I just want to say, you know, if you think you have borderline personality disorder, I know that you might recognize that your behaviors are destructive and it's still difficult for you to control them. I want you to know that treatment can help you. Recovery takes time. Learning to manage your emotions takes time. Learning to manage your thoughts and your behaviors, it takes time. And most people improve a lot, but you will always struggle with some of the symptoms of borderline personality disorder. You may experience times where your symptoms are better or sometimes they might be worse, but treatment can help to improve your ability to function. It can help you to have, you know, feel better about yourself. You have the best chance for success when you consult with a mental health provider. Make an appointment, talk with a therapist so that you can get the help that you need so you can go on to live your best life. And that's all the tools that I got. Go ahead and put those coping toolboxes away. It's time for one of my favorite parts of the show, y'all. Movie therapy, music therapy. I'd like to dedicate today's episode to the song called Bigger by Beyonce. And the song says, If you feel insignificant, You better think again, better wake up because you're part of something way bigger. You're part of something way bigger, not just a speck in the universe, not just some words in a Bible verse. You are the living word, you're part of something way bigger, bigger than you, bigger than we, bigger than the picture they framed us to see. But now we see it, and it ain't no secret, no. I believe that, I receive that, and I mean that. It's coping season, y'all. Thank you for joining me this week. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. You are not only listeners, you are my co-hosts, and we are a community. And I would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your stories, experiences, and thoughts related to life issues, topics you'd like to hear discussed, or questions you'd like answered. 
please visit me on the web at drtinaweb.com and click on Ask Dr. Tina to submit your questions, thoughts, and more. Tune in every Wednesday to hear my response. You can also check out the show notes as well as other contact information on the website. In the meantime, and in between time, for additional updates, conversations, and more ways to interact, please connect with me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Dr. Tina Webb. That's D-R-T-I-N-A-W-E-B-B. Feel free to share your thoughts from the show on social media using the hashtag Coping Season Podcast. Lastly, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you are listening to help others find the show and learn to cope just like you. I appreciate and read every single review. Thank you so much for listening to the show and for spreading the word to all of your friends, family, and co-workers. I so appreciate it. Thank you, and I'll see you next week.